Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Mailman Podcast. In this episode, with us, we have Ben. He founded this company called Rather Inventive. Very inventive name. Uh, in 2009, he had been doing this for almost 12 years now. Through his company, he helps other companies um, with uh, creative ideas, a little bit of marketing, and everything else that we are going to hear from the horse's mouth itself. Hey, Ben, welcome to the Millman Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. Oh, fantastic. So uh, uh, to start with, why don't you take a couple of minutes uh, just to introduce yourself? Uh, what do you do? Um, well, I try and help businesses find and communicate with um, their best customers, people they really want to work with. That's certainly what I've mm-hmm. uh, learned over the last 12 years. Um, and we do a variety of different things from uh, an overview of their marketing strategy and helping them put that together, developing websites, because I think that's really important to marketing. It's having your home base. You know, it's all well and good going out and using social media on different platforms, but it's really good to have that home base to protect your brand. Um, so we help with social media as well, uh, search optimization. And also, and this is, it's taken me a long time to learn this and, and, and maybe from feedback from customers, but I'm their cheerleader. They like okay. working with me because I can help motivate them and move them forward and get them over those little hurdles that they get stuck on when it comes to marketing or business stuff. Oh, okay. So this is the interesting bit. So what do you mean um, by when you're cheerleader? So do you get really involved into like trenches with the people working at the companies and trying to figure some inventive or innovative ideas, experiments or something else? Um, it can be from just as simple as making sure that they have a call with me every single month and that they do what they say they're going to do. So um, during, a, during a call, because I have a regular call with a client, we will go through and talk about the things that they need to do to move their marketing forward to reach whatever goal they've decided to, that they need to, to reach. And I will make sure that we take actions from that meeting. And that in the next meeting or next call, I will, I will check up on how they're doing. And I have found clients, even if they are rushed off their feet, the day before, they will be getting their task done, knowing that I'm going to be asking them about it. And I don't tell them off. If they haven't done it, they haven't done it. I totally understand that they haven't had time or haven't made time to do something. But just the act of knowing that I will ask them about what they said they would do last time, um, that really helps. But also, you know, people come to me and get stuck on um, maybe something that's outside of marketing. They've got an issue internally and they like to find out um, what my thoughts are. And it's not like I have all the experience in the world. But as a business owner, I know what it's like just to be in it on your own and just to ask someone else's advice on what they would do, how they think about this situation. Am I being crazy? Uh, and I can either support them or say, no, actually, don't go. Don't do that. Don't do what you're going to do. It doesn't <laughs> sound great. Or actually, that's a really good idea. And so I try and support them. And that could be in, on anything, to be honest, um, although I try and stick to marketing. This is fascinating. I mean, um, this is the first time that I'm hearing a consultant or an agency or firm is holding the client accountable for something that they should be doing. This is fascinating. I mean, has it ever backfired on you or? Not that I remember. I mean, I, I certainly could hold people more accountable. I think if anything, <laughs> I don't know if you know Super Nanny, um, but she uh, goes and stays in people's houses and helps them with their children and will, will okay. tell them what, what the parents are doing wrong um, and why the kids are so crazy. She's really good at finding the nub 
and holding people absolutely accountable, not letting them get away with anything. I wish I was more like that. Um, so I don't think anything's backfired, but I, I, I certainly wish that I was better at holding people to account and not letting them get away with anything. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. So uh, you started rather inventive in 2009. Yeah. I am not sure. Uh, was there social media marketing, so search engine optimization, search engine marketing, things like that available or people talking about that or this was all before that? Yeah. I mean, search engine optimization definitely was still very key. Uh, okay. In 2009, we would have had Facebook at that point, I think, and mm -hmm. Twitter. Yes. I think certainly the iPhone was, uh, the iPhone's where I sort of hinge everything. The iPhone was launched in 2007, I believe. So we yes. would have had social yes. media before that. Um, it wasn't such a big thing that, that it is now, but certainly okay. it was something where people needed help. And I remember, I haven't got the t-shirt with me here, but I remember going to conferences and workshops and, um, just starting out at the time. And I just wanted to meet lots of people. And so I had a t-shirt printed with um, little speech bubbles on the back, like S search, SEO, social media, e-commerce, question mark, question mark, question mark. Come and, you know, come and ask me, I will help you. Because there are a lot of people asking those questions. They didn't know really what Twitter was or how to get on it or what, whether it's worth using for business. I mean, things have changed quite massively now. But yeah, it, it was it was just up and coming. But SEO, I mean, SEO has been around for, for years. Absolutely. So I can assume, so you had to made, you had to make basically two sales. One sale was to get people to try out this new phenomena, social media marketing, try out Facebook ads, Twitter ads, and then you had to sell your services that you are the best person to do it. Yeah, that's an interesting way of thinking. I, I didn't think about it like that. Um, but it's true because you need people to overcome the hurdle of trying something new and getting mm -hmm. benefit from it before they go and hold their hands up and go, they need real help. Um, because I, I think this is a, the problem that I come across as a consultant selling my, my product, me, is that our people need to be finding value in marketing so they can see they're making money so they can know they can reinvest that profit, that money back into marketing again. And it's, it's the difficult, it's the most difficult hurdle to get people over that I want that in order to hire me, they need to pay some money, but in order yes. to get the money, they need to be earning more profit and see the benefit from marketing rather than just taking it all from, from themselves. So often a lot of what I do is trying to um, give out free information to help people over those initial hurdles. You know, people who are starting up a new company or they're just starting into marketing and they want to keep the budget low, certainly over, um, 2020 with the coronavirus lockdowns mm -hmm. it's been really key. A lot of people have been reaching out going, ah, I haven't got a shop. I haven't, I can't meet people and they don't know how to communicate digitally. And so mm -hmm. I've luckily had a lot of content out there that people have found useful and a small percentage of them hopefully would have found that useful, maybe made some money through that process and then hopefully can hire me with some of their profits. Oh, wow. And uh, could you share a little bit more insight? How were those early days like? Um, how, how did you got, how did you get your first 10 clients? I, well, obviously the, the best, the best way of getting business for us and, and most businesses is referral. So the key thing to do is, uh, and I'll come back to the first few in a minute is to, when you do have a few clients, do a really good job for them. So they tell their friends 
or their business colleagues and it spreads the word that way because that has been the very best way that I've found um, getting work as a consultant but it works for anything whether you're a hotelier or you make chocolates you know if you can get referrals it's the Mm -hmm. best way but the way I found of getting the most business was um, kind of two things but very similar one was to offer a free consultancy drop-in clinic so mm-hmm. okay. I um, put the word out that I was going to be in a co-working space at a certain time and people could come and book slots to talk about anything, SEO, social media, e-commerce, website development, whatever it might be. Um, and that, while it wasn't the blazing success that I hoped it would be, it did get me my first client. And that first oh. client was a, uh, a business that sold cleaning supplies. <laughs> it's really exciting. <laughs> they sold cleaning supplies, but they already had sales coming in, but they wanted to get more. They wanted to find a, a bigger market. So it was a really, um, it was a good, good to go into an existing business. But one, once I was in there, the next thing I started doing were workshops. So this okay. was the next stage. So I've, I've got my confidence. I found that actually being in front of people is the best way to sell so they can see me because that's what they're buying at the end of the day. They're buying me. Um, And while my first plan of doing the clinic didn't quite work out, it did work really well talking and communicating with people. So I set up a series of workshops, which I was incredibly nervous about because I'd never done much presenting in front of other people before. Um, And I set up a series of workshops and I brought in a few guest speakers as well on social media, which I didn't know so much about at the time, um, on copywriting, which I didn't do and I wanted to bring an expert. But I led, I led this series of six. And that was the best way of getting new customers. And I, I think, I may be misremembering, but I think I got my first, almost a customer from every single one of those workshops. And there were good numbers. There were 30, 40 people coming. I was really super pleased. I was blown away really by it. And I found that ever since regardless of all the other things I've tried, mm-hmm. workshops have been the best way um, uh, for getting referrals, which are the very best, but workshops have been the best way of me getting business because I think it, I think it's, it's like a free sample. People are able to come and get some free advice, test me out, ask me questions. Um, and if we get on well together, they might take a step forward. Um, but if they don't, they've walked away with some free advice and everyone's happy. And that has been the best way of me finding business in the last 12 years. Oh, wow. So, uh, okay. So these days you would find companies doing blogs, podcasts, exactly something like this, yeah. which is about giving value for free uh, in hope that uh, uh, eventually they would reach to the right people uh, through word of mouth uh, who would eventually end up using the product. So you were doing all of this, not digitally, but physically uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, I was doing face to face with good coffee and nice snacks. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it, it worked really well. Um, but it was it wasn't completely new then. But it okay. was certainly an area where a lot of people um, held up their hands as you know they, they didn't really know what they were doing. Yeah. I think it's slightly different now. A lot of people will definitely have a website of some sort, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a Wix, Squarespace, some sort of online web builder, or they built it themselves with WordPress. Um, Maybe they've been trying blogging, they've been trying mm-hmm. social media, they've been doing it, but it's just falling flat. They're just not yep. getting anything. It's not sticky. They're not, they don't feel they're getting anything from it and they're putting a lot of energy and maybe even money into doing it. So it's, it's actually the similar advice I'm giving now. It's just mm-hmm. to people who have moved on and maybe um, they've maybe done the things that they've been told to do, but without understanding why, why they need to have a blog. 
why they need to get on social media. And they've been going through the motions rather than actually understanding the reasons why. So it is quite interesting seeing the difference. And I, I'm almost coming back round to people that I might have met um, oh, 10 wow. years ago at the beginning and going through similar things with them again. Fantastic. And for how many years, initial years, did you do this, these workshops? Uh, I think we did them for around three years to begin with. And I, okay. I grew them up into something independent where people were paying for these workshops, but they were hard. I mean, it really took a lot of energy out of me because I felt that I was you know, preparing for a workshop, ringing around people, chasing them up, sending the emails out. It's a lot of work. And so I just stopped. I just gave up. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and you know what probably happened is our, our, our sales lead and leads sort of went down over time. Um, and then I tried different workshops. Maybe uh, a couple of years later, I tried another series of workshops. But you know what I found works best is I love doing workshops. I'm happy to present in front of people. What I hate doing is organizing them. So okay. I've, I've teamed up now with other people who want to organize the workshop for their clients mm -hmm. or um, yeah, maybe they've got some clients like a bank. They've got clients who need some help with their marketing. Um, they will organize all the people. They'll organize all of the venue, emails, location, all of that sort of stuff. I just turn up, but they still come to me if they need help. It's the best of both worlds because I can help them, give them a free workshop, but I don't have to do the hassle of managing it. And you know what? That has saved me so much time. Um, okay. uh, mm -hmm. I know we're talking about productivity and it's like, it's so important to me. To, to, if you get busy and you're doing work and it, your marketing goes well, you get more customers, you start to have less time for marketing. So you've got to have a really efficient way of still giving something, certainly for me, giving something a value, but without it taking ages to prepare for. So yeah, it does work really well. And so I've been doing workshops on and off but they've okay. always been the best way of getting clients. Oh, fantastic. So probably my last question before we jump into the productivity section, uh, does a company like yours, which help other companies do digital marketing, also uses digital marketing to market themselves? Uh, yes. Although okay. I, I would be the first to hold up my hands that, um, I don't know if you've heard of the saying, um, uh, like a plumber's sink, you know, a plumber's sink is always the, the worst sink in the world because they're, they're busy. If they're busy, they're out um, looking at other people's sinks. And so I've always felt that our websites, our marketing could always be better because we don't devote enough time to doing it. And that's one of the things I've always wrestled with. How do we do, um, how do we do what we tell our clients to do in a consistent <laughs> way? In a, in a time that is um, convenient, so we have enough time to get on with actual work. And so I came up with something called the Marketing Club, which is a way that I was hoping to create a consistent process where I could do my workshops. I could, I could present to my customers, but also I could bring new people into it slowly over time. And so, yeah, we developed this Marketing Club and it's, um, it's where I produce a little uh, webinar each month on a different topic. Okay. So it could be a walkthrough of WordPress or Google Analytics or um, copywriting, maybe bring in a guest to talk about a bit of software. But each of those is done on a regular basis. So that gives me a regular schedule to work to so I can be creative and I know when that's got to go out. Mm -hmm. um, but also I can I can give it away for free if I need to. If, if I've got a client who's on the edge who wants to see what I'm like, then I can say, well, come along to the next workshop. I know I'm always going to be delivering it. And um, it's, it's a way I can use as a lead generator because I can bring them in, but it's no extra cost to me. Um, and that's 
that's worked out really well because it, it does satisfy part of our marketing. It enables me to do something creative regularly. Um, and then in terms of giving away uh, freebies, we, we take extracts from the, the club and make a podcast out of it. We make a little YouTube video out of it. So it's a way of allowing me to do something on a regular basis where it's fixed and I can control it. But then uh, Claire, um, who helps me with marketing, she's like does all, all of our podcast preparation for us and editing. She'll take all those little bits and then put it out on social media, put it out on uh, email to all our clients. And so we've got two things. It's a product I can sell to customers and also it becomes the marketing that we can give away for free. So it works really well, actually. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so is it is it like when I, when you are doing these workshops, you have somebody uh, just like you, I'm sure you've heard of this person called Gary Vaynerchuk. Somebody just following yeah. you with a camera recording every bit, making a ton of content out of it and then publishing on different platforms. Something similar happens with you? No, you know, I, I need to do that more. That's one area okay. where I found that there are so many incidental bits of information that come out while I'm researching or while I'm working with a client, mm -hmm. just little useful things that I know would be great and helpful to other clients. I need to be better at that. I don't have someone else following me with a camera or sort of sweeping up information after me and saying, oh, we could use that. Although Claire's very good at that. Um, Got it. But I am trying to do that when um, I read a lot of blog posts. posts. So mm -hmm. I, I use an RSS reader and I will have my favorite blog posts in there, which could be arranged between cooking and um, technology okay. and marketing. Um, so I try and read those. And anything I like that I actually read all the way through and think this would be really good for customers, I will, I will mark it to be blogged. And then what I'll do is I'll put that into our WordPress site and I'll take a little extract quote from the, from the bit that I thought was really important and share that on our blog. And so that is my way of sort of reusing the waste product of my learning by putting it onto the website, not only for customers, but also for me to remember later that I really liked that article and so I can come back to it. Um, but I could be so much better, really. I, I, um, there's so much more I could do there in, in terms right. of what we do. I, I, think, I think everybody feels that they could be doing a little bit better, uh, whatever they do. Okay, so now we have better context about um, what your life or what your work looks like and how did you get over here? Right now, as we speak in March of 2021, uh, what does a typical day of uh, yours look like? Now, do you want the whole day? Every, every, all the detail? <laughs> Most of it. I mean, since the time you get up, by the time you wrap up for the day. Okay. Well, um, so I get up at um, seven o'clock. Okay. I usually walk the dog. It's, it's actually been slightly different at the moment because we've just moved house. Everything's a bit in a jumble at the moment. But usually what I like to do is get up and walk the dog straight away. It's really nice. And I listen to podcasts while I, while I walk the dog. Okay. Um, and it's surprising how much information you can get in in uh, half an yes. hour, 45 minutes. So that's where I'll listen to maybe a marketing podcast or just a fun comedy thing. It's just a bit of learning. Um, mm. And that's always nice. Eight o'clock. We make breakfast, see the porridge or eggs, always the same. <laughs> okay. And it's a nice flip flop between them. Uh, and th at that point, I might skim email as well. I might just have a quick look through and see if there's anything that is going to give me a shock at nine o'clock when I get to work. Um, okay. And then at nine, nine o'clock, uh, roughly, I start and I work from home. So at the moment, I, there is another room in the house which I go to, which is my dedicated office. It's nice and quiet, which is, is lovely. Um, 
I would find it very difficult to go and commute now to work, even if we could. I know we're still in lockdown at the moment, but even if we could commute, I, I really, really couldn't do that. It's very important for me to have a quiet room where I can start work. Um, what I try and do in the morning, and I try, I'm not perfect at this, is if I know I've got some client work on, I will focus on that first. So I'll try and earmark the first hour or two to that client because I know, A, if I start looking at my email, I'll mm -hmm. start going down all those rabbit holes and getting other things done and I won't have time to do it. Um, but also if I start doing client work in the afternoon too late, just after lunch, my, my brain gets very muddy, muddled mm -hmm. from too many carbs. So it becomes very difficult for me to, to think. So it's, it's really important to find the time when I've got the best energy for things. So I try and do bits where I, you know, elements of work where I need to think in the morning. Um, then maybe just before lunch, check emails. After lunch, I, um, I try not to have um, any calendars straight away because I don't, okay. I want to have a quite a flexible lunch. I don't want to have to rush back and suddenly get a call. So you notice we're recording this at two, two o'clock, um, yeah. my time. And I always have meetings at 10 AM in the morning or 2 mm -hmm. PM in the afternoon. Um, and I do that because I know exactly when they're going to be. So in my, my, my sort of internal clock in my brain, I know when the meetings are going to be and I'm less likely to miss them. Um, but also it's much easier to plan. You know, I always can say, yes, I want to do it at two o'clock or 10 o'clock. And you know, I, I don't have to think so much. So in the afternoon, more client calls if I need them, because often, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm a consultant, I get paid for the call and the time I'm spending. Okay. Um, more, more emails, but I, uh, about four o'clock, but I will finish at five o'clock. I mean, it's usually pretty much dead on. Um, okay. And it, it all stems back to when we had young children I had to finish at five o'clock to go and help the kids because my wife had been okay. looking after them all day and she, she just wanted to, a break. And I, but I've actually, I actually kept doing that and it's really nice. So five o'clock, finish work, maybe do some cooking, kids in bed, TV time, 11.30, uh, sorry, 10.30, I'm in bed. And it, you know what? That schedule is pretty strict every single, every single day. I'm doing pretty much the same thing. I don't work weekends and I haven't done I think I've probably had maybe one or two weekends that I've worked for rather inventive in the last 12 years. Okay. Honestly, oh. I don't work. And it's wow. so nice. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, so in the last 12 years, you have never gotten a situation where you felt like your hair is on fire. You have to fight this fire or things will yeah, go I've down. I've had a couple of times when um, there are things that need to be done. But okay. it's, it is like a couple of times. I mean, usually things can wait till Monday. And so okay. that's fine. Um, the servers that we run have their own, um, we sort of use another company, another supplier. So I just put the pressure onto them because it's their server. Okay. They need to manage it, not me. Um, and luckily the way I've uh, made things work with clients and, and in terms of the communication I have with them, I've set up a very rigid schedule where they know I don't work weekends and they know that if they were to send me an email, they'll almost uh, put at the beginning, oh, you don't need to answer this now. This is just while I remember. And I, I think that's, helpful because of my consistency i've always been consistent i don't work at weekends i i um won't you know look at emails on the weekend and reply to them because i know that that sets a bad precedent for clients then thinking i'm around um and that really helps and it means that i've got that at least a couple of days away from work and that I, then i can come back at it fresh on monday oh wow i i would say you have got some sort of very clear priorities because uh, when especially in the very early days when you're just building a business, everything feels like um, 
like an emergency that you need to pay attention to this and somehow you have been somehow you have been able to dodge all of it except those couple of times which is understandable in 12 years uh, sometimes it needs to happen <laughs> how do you how do you really figure out if something needs your urgent attention of or something can wait until monday i mean by default everything can wait until monday how do you yeah. really figure out okay this is one thing that needs my attention right away so i wasn't always like that um i had okay. another business before rather inventive which i started in two in the year 2000 or so mm-hmm. and um i was much younger i wasn't married at the time and it was mm-hmm. just uh me and a friend running the company and we would work all hours whenever i would go up to manchester from hereford for a meeting at nine o'clock which is about three and a half hours drive to get to okay. a meeting i wouldn't think about okay. wasting my time and it was only when I started going out with my now wife um, and we started to have children, which were just before I started the company, where it became impossible to continue working like that. Ah, And so actually I say it's down to my wife helping give me constraints because I needed to support her. And I didn't, I didn't quite realize that at first, but you know, when kids are difficult and so you need to devote time to them and you need space from them sometimes having that enforced constraint um, for the first few years, I found that I could do everything that I was doing before. And you know what, probably more in, in less time than, than I was spending before. So having a constraint actually gave me, more efficiency in what I was doing. And then it's just become a habit since then. And I, now I but, say, even on my LinkedIn profile, I don't work weekends. And so it sets yes, I read it. Yes, I read it. The very last line, I don't work on weekends. But how, how? I mean, uh, was it because um, when kids came around, they needed some attention, time, um, that's how it started? or uh, And you had to weigh in between uh, handling this issue versus loving my kids was it like this or uh, like really what when what what changed in your mind uh, what wiring uh, had uh, had to change in your mind to actually start stop saying yes to things on weekends the thing is it's difficult because i love doing what i do i've always loved yes. playing with computers and technology so yes it leave it left to my own devices originally i would just spend all time in front of a computer Um, And I think really what changed is having someone else who's part of my life. So kids, very much important, but also Lou, very much important. Um, And if you don't um, give time to them, then Mm -hmm. they will drift away. And so I think over time, I start to realize that as you start growing up, as you start realizing it's not, you're not being so selfish and it's not all about you. You have your family. um, You need to start devoting time to them. And, I had read a lot of books about productivity and about giving okay. uh, time to yourself, making sure that you have time to rest. And I say, think uh, a little bit b- between having children pulling me in one direction mm-hmm. and reading these books on, on time management and productivity um, and my wife being very uh, quite strict, but rightly so, about <laughs> me having a break okay. from work okay. that have built up a habit. So I don't think it's any one thing. And it's it's certainly not something that I've done absolutely consciously. And um, I've just focused solely on doing that. I think it's happened over a period of time before we started this company. But I knew it was important when I that to set a habit 
So when I started seeing benefits of working less, but being more productive, I started, and I knew the benefits of habit. I started making it a habit. And I, I like a schedule. I like rules. I like to know what's what. And so to keep something consistent like that, I would just stick to the same time frame all the time. And then it makes it super easy to stick to it. So it is just so right. about yeah. setting the so, habit so, to begin with. Absolutely. So right now, is it mostly because of the habit or still there are some constraints? Um, oh, habit now. Absolutely. And you know what? There's, um, I have found occasionally that sometimes I'll need to do a little bit of work in the evening. Maybe I've got a presentation. I just want to check mm-hmm. over it. Um, but because I stop work at five and I'm probably not, able to get back to work until nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. I can't be bothered. I'm out of work mode. My brain has <laughs> totally switched out of work mode. And I, I don't want to, I act- actively don't want to do that sort of work anymore. And that has been something that I've noticed over maybe the last five years that by having, by stopping at five and then having a long enough break, maybe an hour or two, I don't want to go back to work. And so then you start pushing things till the next day. I mean, sometimes you have to, then maybe I've, you know, as I said, I've got a, a workshop the next day and I just want to go through the slides and make sure it's okay. But um, actually having that break from work can really help. Absolutely. And could you uh, feel free to say no, if you do not want to, but could you give us a little bit of glimpse of what, what, what those two occasions were when you said no to your habit and then actually worked on a weekend? Oh, one of them was for a client who um, we, we developed these animation screens so mm-hmm. we, we make these animation screens for their client to put in exhibitions. Okay. So it's a big client, big aerospace client, and they have um, these screens all around their stands. Um, and then we have animations on them. Um, we haven't done those <laughs> for a while as exhibitions haven't been in place. But exhibitions as a whole industry is very much, they don't care what you're doing the exhibition needs to go up for a certain time because that's when the doors are open and people come in. So everything needs to work. Okay. Um, and that did conflict with how I wanted to work, but we got around it. But sometimes there were um, events where something had gone wrong. Um, the people who are working on the animations for me couldn't do it. They'd fall that a mistake had been made and I needed to come in and do it because they were away or they were sick. And so I needed to come and do it. So the only time that happens is was a couple of times I needed to come in and do the work because there was an emergency. Literally no one else could do it and it needed to go live on Sunday night. And so oh, got it. either I go tough, <laughs> which I could have done <laughs> and lost all of the contract uh, later down the line. Or I said, you know what? This is, hap- you know, this is one or two. It's fine. I'll do it. Um, but you know, when I did, it was all nighters, literally not getting to bed until four o'clock in the morning, which is, I hate. So I, I hate yeah. emergencies for that. Um, and then maybe there, there's another time when we, um, and this would have been in the earlier days when I would have promised something to someone mm-hmm. and forgotten that I promised that thing, um, like okay. updating a website or making a widget for something on a website and then had to scrabble to get it done on the weekend. So ah. it hasn't happened much because I realized that I shouldn't overpromise because then I have mm-hmm. to keep to my promise. Yes. So, um, yeah, definitely. So, ba- so actually two, uh, only two things. One was a true emergency where the people doing the work were sick and I, I either had to do it or risk losing the contract. Um, and not that people were threatening that, but I know they, they might have done. Um, <laughs> and the other was self-inflicted. 
I promise yeah. something that I shouldn't have promised. Um, and, and I still find myself doing that now, or, or at least thinking it and then holding back. You know, I'm on the phone to someone and they're talking about uh, a piece of work and I go, oh, and my brain's going, oh, I can do that. I can do that for tomorrow for you. Uh, <laughs> and I have to censor myself and say, no, you can't. You need to check the calendar. Uh, do they need it tomorrow? What's the rush? And if I do it tomorrow, am I going to impact on other work? Yes, I am. So I, I always have to censor myself because my brain says, I can do it. The little monkey inside yes, me wants yes. to do the work as quickly as possible and please people. And I have to hold it back. <laughs> this is this is interesting. Okay, Surfing back to your habits. Recently, over the last couple of years, probably during the lockdowns, have you formed any new habit? I'm trying to think. Have I formed a new habit? It could be anything as as small as just taking at least 10,000 steps or drinking at least this much water. It could be anything. But have you formed any? Uh, I've habit? been drinking less coffee. <laughs> one of my uh, okay. one of my bad <laughs> habits is, is coffee. So I drink, drink slightly less coffee. Um, I think something something I've been trying to do and I don't I don't know if we call it a habit, but I used to when when I my first job out of university was working for uh, an exhibition company and when I arrived, they gave me uh, a big black book, which they called okay. the day book. It's just a book with lines in it. Um, and I could write notes in there. And, th and the guy who I was working with said, um, use this book to write mm -hmm. down all the things you've got to do, um, mm -hmm. client meeting notes, everything like that. And so what I'd do is you'd write the date at the top and then write things you know you needed to do. Maybe you got a few emails in, so you'd write down the actions for those. Maybe the project manager would come over and say, oh, can you do this for me, Ben? Well, I'd write it in the book. So it's my, like my task manager. But also if you went to clients um, or a client came to see you, you'd have notes from a meeting or comments or observations or changes on, it, on, on, on a bit of software we're working on. I'd write them in there too. Um, it was a bit of a scrapbook. Sometimes if they were, you were designing a site, you might draw a little... Um, template yes. or wireframe in there. Yes. So it was it was everything to me, really important book. And you'd get to the end of the book, you close it, get a new one and start the next one. And actually you want you wanted to keep that book because it's a history of your work. It's like a journal. Yes. Um, yes. And I, I liked that system, but what I didn't mm -hmm. like about it, it was uh, paper-based. It's always in one place. Okay. So I wanted to try and recreate that in a digital form. And mm -hmm. I have tried, but not quite successfully, but almost there, to build a habit of creating something similar where okay. I write down my actions or thoughts or notes that day. And then maybe when I come to the next day or as I go throughout the day, I can, I can put that information into the right place. It's a bit like, have you heard of getting things done? Yes. ETD method. So it's a bit like having the notepad in, in your back pocket where, where you write mm -hmm. down all your thoughts. So it's a bit like that, but maybe uh, putting a bit more information into it. Um, I was trying to build a habit where I'd do that, have a thought, I'd write it down. Um, I was using Apple Notes. So I have a dedicated notes called Daybook, and I just write oh, down wow. a new list in there. Um, I say it's not quite successful only because I don't always look at it. It's not the first thing I look at. Um, it's not the first thing I'll think about writing it down. Sometimes I'll put it on a post-it note rather than putting it in there. So it's not quite fully formed habit yet, but it actually has been really helpful because I was out at a party once. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit tipsy and someone said for me to, um, I was just talking to a guy I knew and he said, Oh, ring me about this. 
because we were we must have been talking about something interesting and he said oh i want to know more about that and i got my must have got my phone out at the time and typed in a um a sensible message mm-hmm. i didn't remember doing any of that all i knew about is in the morning i looked to my daybook and there at the top of the list was send um send john such and such a link to some resource quite clearly and coherently. So obviously I had built up a certain habit that I just it yep. clicked into action, even though I was a little bit tipsy oh. um, so that I would remember the next day. So it did work. I just need to do it a bit more regularly. So that's one thing I have been doing uh, a bit more. Um, the other thing is trying to do work for clients straight away. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Um, I had a client call this morning with a, with, mm-hmm. with a client. Uh, it was for about an hour and a half. And I typed those notes out uh, mm-hmm. and I will send them the notes. This is what we talked about. Now, what can happen if I get a bit busy is sometimes that work slips a little bit and I, okay. I have to rush. I feel rushed to do that nearer the time when we have our next meeting. So what I've mm-hmm. started doing, and I've tried this for the last couple of years, and more specifically in lockdown, is to do the work straight after the call. So actually block in time in my diary to do the small bits of work, you know, the easy wins, two minutes, five minutes, they need a color changing or a bit of text adding or whatever it might be and doing it straight away because then you can tick all these things off your list while you're in the zone, while you've got nothing else to do because you've planned that time in. And then when actually it comes around to the meeting, you look at your notes and you go, oh, I've done everything. (laughs) And it's a really nice feeling to be ahead of yourself. I'm not perfect at it, but it is, it makes such a difference to actually try and allocate time to do the work for a meeting I've just had straight away. Oh, wow. This is fantastic. I mean, I think this is something that I can try in my personal life because every time there's any call, I try and if, there, if there's any follow-up things that I have to do, I just add them in my calendar towards the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just towards the end of the day, once I have wrapped up everything, I just go through that list of four or five items. Those are like one minute tasks and then just do that and wrap up one day. But instead, I'm really interested in trying out just doing those tasks instead of putting on my calendar, just spend those one minute, two minutes right away and get it done with. So maybe just so when I wrap up my day, I'm actually wrapping up one day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll try I, it. I, I, it, it's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just five minutes, you, you know that the call is short but you know you're going to have some outcomes from it. If you could have just five, 10 minutes after the call for call wrap yes. up. Oh, it, it's, um, it's so nice. It's a nice feeling when you look at, you look at all these things. You go, I've done all this. It's nice. Lovely. Oh, uh, so let, let me try and do, try doing this. And if anybody who's listening to this or reading this, there will be a follow-up blog post or an episode where I'll share my uh, feedback, how I felt about it. Um, maybe, maybe in, in a couple of more weeks. Yeah, cool. Uh, really yeah, let me know. That. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so Ben, uh, we are towards the end of our conversation. And this is where uh, I usually ask this question, uh, which is a magical question, but I am really interested in asking this question to you. Because early in the interview, you mentioned that you like constraints. Constraints make you more productive. Yeah. Now, what if just magically, you get one additional hour every single day for the rest of your life? How would you spend it? You are getting something extra. You know what I'd love to do? And it's not, oh, I want to spend more time with my family because I, I, I do spend time with them. So um, mm-hmm. what I would like and what I really love doing is programming. Now, I'm not the Computer best programmer soft- in the world. Software programming? Software, um, website programming, PHP. Oh, wow. So, wow. Um, and 
Do you know what? I like it because it's a little bit of problem solving, but it's not mm -hmm. that complicated. And so it's actually quite nice to do. And I did try this and I found it hard, especially when you get busy, the, uh, the time disappears. But I, what I tried to do is um, at the end of the day is leave myself the last hour to work on um, personal projects or personal okay. business projects. So they're not for clients, they're for me, but for the business. Um, little, little things that I like to do. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you get busy, that time disappears because you say, oh, I just do that bit of client work or I just do this. Yes. And, and it just, it can disappear, which is a shame. Yes. And having that extra hour would be lovely just to squeeze in working on a small task, just making something work a little bit better, just learning how to do this little programming uh, tweak. I really enjoy it. And that's, it's, it's a nice way of winding down. And so if I had extra time, that's what I'd love to do. Fantastic. Fantastic. This is this is a beautiful answer. Ben, thank you so much for your time today. If anybody wants to follow along your journey or wants to get in touch with you or learn more about you, what's the best way? Um, my pleasure. Um, the best place is to go to ratherinventive.com. Okay. It links to everything else we do there. I've got tons of information, mostly on marketing, but there are occasional bits on productivity, um, but everything's there. Fantastic. That's the only thing that people should go to. That's it. I mean, if you want to, if you like some of the things I've talked about and you want to check out our club, there's more information on that there. Um, but really, yeah, go and, go and check out our website. We've got um, lots of useful information and I think we've got my contact details on there. So definitely shoot me an email if you've found any of the things I've talked that, uh, about that and you can take them and run with them and let me know how you do with it. Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ben. Thank you everybody for listening to Ben. Uh, it was such a fantastic episode. Thank you for taking your time today, Ben. <laughs>